Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experienced the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy L. Ali. Good morning. You guys ready? Today is a new day. Today, I'll be transformed by the power of God, by the presence of God, and by the Word of God to never be the same. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Whew, that was powerful. I was standing down there and kept walking back and forth. Yeah, I'm pulling my pants up. That's a miracle. <laughs> Means some inches are falling off. Um, <laughs> I was standing down there, and as most of you know, if you've attended here for any length of time, I'm always listening to what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do during worship. If there's some healing or words of knowledge or, you know, if there's a tongue interpretation, whatever, I'm just listening. And I've, I really felt like the Lord said, keep silent. He said, I'm preparing their hearts for the word of the Lord. And so I'm like, okay, God. So I just kept silent. And I just began to pray because I'm really excited about what God is doing as he is totally refining Christianity. And one of the things that the Lord spoke to me, and I have just a ton of scriptures. I don't really have any notes. I just have what I believe the Lord is saying to the body of Christ and what I believe he's saying here at the Well Church. You know, there's one thing that God has called us to, all of us, and we'll get into the scriptures more about our individual assignments, but I want to turn to Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. It says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second one, it's like it. You shall love your neighbor. I don't see an exception there. You shall love your neighbor. You can put a butt there if you want. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The division that's taking place in the body of Christ is not godly. It is ungodly. Often people will say, why are you silent? Where do you stand? I stand for the kingdom of God. My fight is not over Facebook. My fight is in heaven. 
Don't judge somebody else's heart. You have no right to judge. I have no right to judge. I don't know what you're doing in your secret place. Neither do you know what I'm doing in mine. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There's one thing that we all have in common and there's one thing that we are all called to. And I feel like there's the distractions that are taking place. And the one thing that is the main thing is to make disciples of all nations. There are souls waiting in the balance. Not only has there been prophetic words, I hang my hat more on the word of God. It says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Our greatest assignment right now, in the midst of the division that's taking place, the church should be unified above all else. We all may have a different assignment because we all are different parts of the body. Don't judge your assignment by looking at what somebody else's is. Honor. Honor what God is doing. Second Timothy chapter 3. Father, I just thank you for what you are doing in this house and in this place. God, I thank you that what you are doing in this nation, there's things going on behind the scenes that many of us don't even know. You are the king on the throne. Your word, it's not going to return to you void. It's going to accomplish exactly what you said it would. One thing I know that when heaven and earth fade away, you will always remain. May we set our eyes upon you, because it says that those who put their eyes upon you, that you will keep in perfect peace. Father, my prayer today, and I know it's your heart, God, that unity would come to the body of Christ. I'm not talking about conformity, because we're not interested in conformity, but I'm talking about unity, that we would honor one another. Jesus, you paid a really big price. That all of our sins would be forgiven. You became the final sacrifice. May we keep our eyes on the main thing. Keeping the main thing the main thing. God, I thank you that you have reset us through this past year and that we have come into a new era and that we are being refined. That means that your bride is looking better than it ever has before. So my prayer is that we would 
put our swords down and raise up our hands because the weapon of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're mighty in you for the pulling down of strongholds. May you be lifted up and glorified. May you be exalted in the heavens. May your glory cover the earth as the water covers the sea. May it be stretched out. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. I was lying in my bed, and I'm gonna to get to the scripture in a minute. I was lying in my bed the other night, and those of you who follow me on Facebook will find out the amazing artist that I am. Um, I know, I can sign it for you, I'll make copies. Um, but I always love drawing. Even when I was a little girl, I loved to color. And I, I'm not obviously very good at it, but I love it. And I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, grab your pastels, because I just bought some new pastels, and then the kind that you can smear, because I like those. They're easier. They make up for all your mistakes. Just a little pointer there for those of you who want to do it. Um, and so I didn't know what, any idea what I was going to draw, and I just began to draw. And all of a sudden, things started to take shape, and um, I've never done anything like this before. I usually have something I'm looking at, and I'll try to draw what I'm looking at. But this was just in my mind's eye, and I saw darkness all around the bottom. And so I just took it, and I got black, and I smeared it. And then all of a sudden, I could see this thing that was beating, and I recognized it was a heart. And the heart was dark, but it was becoming brighter. And as out of this darkness, this heart was beating. And from that heart came these rays. And from those rays were his glory. And he said, even in the midst of darkness, my heart, which is my body, my church, will continue to beat. And my glory will be seen like it's never been seen before. I totally believe that. I'm not going to adopt the gloom and doom. I'm going to adopt the victory of Jesus Christ. We're just, you know what, if it says that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, then we have to have something to conquer, do we not? And we are conquering in this season. And it's not about the United States of America. It's about the kingdom of God. Because I'm a Christian before I'm an American. And how about if the world looks and sees the body of Christ all over, from nation to nation, not just in our land, connecting and unifying and glorifying Jesus Christ? How amazing would that be? That's what Jesus' prayer was. His final prayer to God was that, God, that they would be one as you and I are one. The division, it is not God. It's haughty, it's prideful, and it's religious. When a religious spirit enters in, it comes with a finger of judgment every time. 
Because that's who Jesus came against. He didn't come against the politicians in the Bible. He came against the religious people. He grabbed a coin. He said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. He said, but you hypocrites. He's speaking to the religious people. Because it's not the letter of the law. It's the spirit behind the law. I can always tell when I'm around a religious spirit. Because they're wanting to know, what do you believe? Do you believe like I do? Because if you don't, you're wrong. And my heart breaks. God's heart breaks over that. That is not his will. That is ungodly. You may have a different assignment. But don't judge your assignment by somebody else's assignment. Because you have just now entered in to a religious spirit that will judge and be critical and will shun the people who are not thinking the way that you're thinking. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. But you need to be aware. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. You can go back and read out of the New King James, and whatever, you, whatever your version is. But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered. Lovers of themselves obsessed with money. They'll boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They'll be ungrateful and ungodly and never have we seen a generation of fatherlessness like we have now and especially it's more prevalent in the United States than anywhere in the world. They'll become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent, haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. They will pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these, for they are the ones who worm their way into the hearts of vulnerable women, spending the night with those who are captured by their lust and steeped in sin. They are always learning, but never discover the revelation knowledge of truth. Deception is deceiving. You don't even know you're deceived. That's why you need people around you who think differently, who are willing to speak the truth in love. 
I've been speaking to the leaders that, in my life that I respect and our peers as well. And three of them, one of them thinks differently than I do about what's taking place. Two of them think similarly to what I'm thinking. Does it matter to me? My one question is this. Is the king being exalted, Jesus? Is Jesus being glorified and lifted up? Are you praying for souls? Are you witnessing and are you discipling? Because we're going to see as I continue to read these scriptures is that the kingdom of this world has an end. And there's this saying, don't you want your children to have a good life? We've got to fight for our children because I want my grandchildren to have a good life. I don't want them to have to struggle. I don't want them to have to deal with all these things that are going on. I want to train up my child in the way they should go so that when they grow old, they do not depart from it. I'm not concerned about their comfort. I'm concerned about where eternity is at in their heart. I'm concerned about whether or not they're going to abide in heaven or not. Not whether or not they're going to go to bed to sleep at night knowing that tomorrow they're going to wake up with more prosperity. Wow, we've got our eyes on the wrong thing. It's not about changing a law. It's about changing a heart. You can have any law you want. You change the heart of man, then they are, that heart is going to make decisions that are based on the kingdom of God and the kingdom principles. You change a law, all you're doing is causing somebody to have to conform to what man says is right. Even if it lines up with the word of God, you're still not changing a heart. I would love for abortion to be illegal. And I stood in front of the abortion clinic and I've prayed and I've declared, but I would tell you this much, more than that, I pray that the women are educated, that are pregnant, and know what their options are. And I pray that they would realize that they have a living being within them. I pray that their heart would be so moved by God that they give their life over to Jesus Christ. And I pray that they would either give that baby up for adoption or they would find somebody that they could take care of it if they couldn't or that they would. My prayer is more about changing the hearts of people than it is about the laws of the land. So when I'm praying, I'm praying, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for the amen up front. 1 Corinthians chapter 12.
You know, it's crazy to me that people whom I've followed for years, and some of you have followed for years, godly men, that they decided that they would apologize for missing their prophetic word. And they get slandered for it. They said, in humility, this is what they felt led to do. That one act has literally caused people to turn against them. How is that godly? If they're wrong or right, does it matter in the big scheme of things? We're to love one another and honor one another. We're never going to agree on everything. I don't read in the scriptures anywhere where it says that. It says to love your neighbor the same way that you love God, the same way that I love myself. I take care of myself. You take care of yourself. It doesn't say you can't just love the people that are like you. Frankly, I like strange people. Look around my church. Y'all strange. I like unique people. I don't want people to be just like me. One of the people I love so much, who I'm probably like super, super close to, is nothing like me. She wouldn't put on a pair of heels of her life, depended on it. And that's my sis right up here in the front row. And that's all I have are high heels. Well, I got some tennis shoes to work out, but that's it. And they have heels on them. No, they don't. Do you want, oh, do you see what I'm saying? This is, I'm talking about the word of God. I'm just reading scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all of the members of that one body, being many, are one body, and so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again can the head to the feet, 
I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unrepresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that which lacks it, that there should be no schism There should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if the member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Right now, I think we all can say we feel the suffering because of the schism I'm not called. I believe that there are people who are called to intercede. I believe Anna was one of them. If you're not, does that mean you're less than? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all apostles? No. Are all evangelists? No. Are all bankers? No. Are all business owners? No. We all have a different canon, a different metron. Metron is a measure of Christ's gift. Canon, the authority in which you use it. What is the, it's all, everyone's is different. So why can't you uplift and support what somebody else is doing instead of condemning them if they don't get on board with what you're doing? We can't all be doing that. I realize that many people um, went to uh, the Capitol on Wednesday and not everybody crashed into the Capitol building. There were peaceful protesters. Some did, but we can't judge them all. What's our responsibility? Oh, get on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or get on your knees. Some of the hateful things I hear people saying on Facebook, I'm just like, come on, grow up. Thank you for your opinion, but I'd rather hear what Jesus is saying. If that's what you want to do, pray. Do what God's telling you to do. That's your assignment. And honor other people's assignment. The Well Church, our assignment here, is that I want to see souls saved. I want to see people discipled. I want to follow what the Great Commission is. I want to see more than... It's, it's what I, I'm called to do. It's what this house is called to do. More than seeing laws changed, I want to see hearts changed. 
I want to see hearts changed and transformed. I want the kingdom of God to displayed upon the earth. I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to see the, the, the dead get raised. I want to see the blind see. I want to see the kingdom of God manifest in this place. And not just here, be in these walls, but out there. That's what we're called to do. That's what this house was established on. And I will not stop doing that. I'm not called to fight with my brother and sister who think differently than I do. You want to sprinkle, sprinkle. You want to dunk, dunk. I don't care. The bottom line is this, is Jesus Christ being exalted. It's not about the comfort. It isn't. Some of the greatest miracles I've experienced have been in third world countries. I don't know if some of the blessings that we call blessings are actually blessings at all. What would it look like? It's the picture that Jesus has. If we actually love one another. We're so busy devouring one another that the billion soul harvest is just sitting out there waiting. Let's pick up his agenda. Let's do this. John chapter 18. Oh, verse, Matthew 23, verse 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside, they are full of extortion and self-indulgent. Blind Pharisees first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also. If we look at the heart of man, if we become more focused on bringing discipleship into the heart of man, then we are just changing a law because all that's doing is that's just washing the outside of something. But when you actually get inside and you actually cleanse the inside, then that is what's going to transform a nation. That's what's going to transform the world. That's what's going to bring the kingdom of God is the fact that I'm moving in your heart, that the word of God is coming into your your heart. It's not just being whitewashed on the outside. That's where true transformation comes from. Jesus knew from the beginning. It's like, look, don't be so caught up in the outside that's going on. This is where we do the surgery. This is where the cleansing needs to take place. It's on the inside. That's why he had such a problem with the religious folks. It was the letter of the law. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to make you a new creation. It's the transformation that takes in place inside of you that causes you to be transformed on the outside. What does that mean? My works will change. So how do I know that you're really saved? Well, look at the fruit. If you have no fruit, I, you know, 
some, I used to always believe this, but I'm, I'm, cha- I'm changing my point of thinking because that you can have salvation without transformation. I actually, I recant that. You can't. If you're truly saved, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That means that you have a new creation in you, that you actually are new. That means that the fruit of what it is that you're doing is going to be different than what you did before. Sure, there's a process of transforming your mind, but the law, it's now written in your heart. You know what's right and what's wrong. I don't need, that's why it says that you don't need a teacher. You don't need anyone to tell you. You know. I got some new boots for cooking. (laughs) Kicking the devil. They are. And they got a little platform on them. That way they don't hurt me. Thank you. All the short girls. Nobody knows how short I really am. They're like, oh, she's so dumb. Nope. I actually kind of a runt. I'm the runt of the litter. All right, John chapter 18. Then Pilate entered, verse 33, the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. So that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. His kingdom is not of this world. I don't know, that's good news to me. When heaven and earth is shaken, if you're found in the kingdom of God, you shall not be shaken. John chapter 6, verse 15. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself. He wasn't interested in being an earthly king. He knew that he was going to be the king of all kings. He knew what his assignment was. Guys, we live for eternity. We have eternity in our hearts. The decisions that we make here are very important. Because they're for what? All of eternity. And I'm going to love you. I love people who have blasphemed me, who have come against me. I've had people who 
I love dearly and still do. And my last words from them were through an email. For some reason, people think that leaders don't have hearts that hurt or break. Because something is said or done that they don't agree with. I also don't read that in the scriptures. In family, it gets messy sometimes. One of the reasons why I'm closest to some of the people here is because we've done this a few times. John chapter 17. I've already quoted this, and it's worthy to be said again. Jesus said he wasn't praying just for these alone. He wasn't just praying for the people who were walking with him or the people he had been ministering to. He said, I pray for all those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. When are we going to get this right? John chapter 13, verse 35 says, When you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know you're my true followers. Look, guys, it's easy to love people who are in agreement with you and who are loving you, who are affirming you. But he said, if you will love the way that I loved. He was mocked and spit at. He said, can you love like that? Can you still lay down your life? The scripture says, no greater love has any man than this, than he lay his life down for a friend. But how about laying down your life for your enemy? One of the hardest things God's called me to do is to love people who aren't loving back but it's also one of the greatest rewards and it's one of the greatest ways that be transformed into the image of Christ and it's one of the greatest tools that we have for the world to see the glory of God I believe it's one of the ways that the glory of God will cover the earth as the water covers the sea because all over the world, there will be disciples that are loving one another, caring for one another, stopping for the one. It's not going to be by how much we own, by the comfort that we have, or the laws that we've passed. It's going to be how we care for one another. First Timothy chapter two, verse one says, therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, 
and giving of thanks be made for all men. For all men. For kings and all who are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. That's the opposite of what we're experiencing right now. So how is it that it says here, if we do these things, it's because we're not doing these things. If we do these things, we will lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. It does not say in comfort. It does not say in perfection. Come on. First, make supplications, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks be made for all men. The giving of thanks to be made for all men. The giving of thanks to be made for all men. That means that I'm going to see Chris Vallotton. I honor you. I thank you for your humility. Sean Bolts, I honor you. I thank you for your humility. Um, Mario Marillo, I, I, I honor him. I, I thank you, God, that you use wisdom. He's using wisdom, that you grant him wisdom. Every single person in the body of Christ, we, thank, we give thanksgiving for. Father, we thank you. We thank you for their soul. We thank you that you are giving them wisdom. We thank you that you are clothing them in righteousness. We thank you, Lord, that you have different gifts that you have placed in the body and different parts of the body so that we could be made whole and that we could be one. We pray for everyone, and we give thanks for all men. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Isn't that what we want? It's what's good and acceptable in the sight of our God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. Now I want to close with this, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he left captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Remember, if you're deceived, you don't know it. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. 
from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the affecting, effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Let me say this. For years I used to preach about the remnant. I was going to be part of the remnant. It's kind of like the special ops. I made it into the, um, oh, it, 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 it has an elitism. It has a feel of like, you're better than everybody else. I'm part of the Navy SEALs of the body of Christ. That's not what the remnant is. Read the scriptures and study. There's not some special little force over here that you, you're the superpower. That's, that, that's not, that's, that's inaccurate. As charismatic, sometimes we can just get so like out there. And it's not even, it's not accurate. Sorry for all you little remnant thinkers, it's not. Read your scriptures. I used to be one of them. I was the remnant. And I felt special. I mean, that's how we were like, yeah, we're it. That's true, we did. And that opens up to pride, which is the doorway to a spirit that is religion. And it is judgmental. It is fault-finding. And there are very respectable people that I'm hearing and I'm like, no. I don't care how famous you are. Just remember, it's not how many people you have following you, it's who you are following. <laughs> Jesus wasn't popular. Despite the fact that here we are over 2,000 years later still talking about him. Humble yourselves. I'm humbling myself. I'm not all that and more. I reached out to somebody um, who is not reaching back out to me. <laughs> but I reached back out again anyway um, and just said, I love you. I wish I had an opportunity to make whatever was wrong right. I'm not sure what it was because you're not giving me the opportunity. Hopefully, I'm not the same today as I was a month ago or six months ago or a year ago. And hopefully, you're not either. Let's give each other grace. Let's love one another, amen. amen? Father, I thank you. I thank you that we have your word that always brings us back into alignment. I thank you for the resetting that you have done and are continuing to do. I thank you that you are refining us. And God, I say, continue to take us through the fire. God, I thank you that we don't ever want to be found as being haughty, and we've all been there, and ugh, it's disgusting in your sight. 
May we just humble ourselves. You said if we humble ourselves and pray and seek your face, turn from our wicked ways, then you would hear from heaven. Then you would heal our land. And I know that you will do what you said you would do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.